Oh, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to Left at the Light. I'm your host, Matt. Uh, it's fall, right? I mean, it seems that way. I think we had the first day of fall. It's been a little chilly, uh, which I like. I, I, I dig fall. I dig the, the cold air, the crisp air. Uh, it's the snow that I don't like, so uh, we can hold off on winter as long as we possibly can. That would be great. Um, so welcome back, guys. Uh, this week, we have uh, Donna Brooks who is a social worker, and it's uh, this is one that came to me kind of through another episode. So Donna knows Cassandra, uh, who we had earlier, it was earlier this season, I believe, or is it, yeah, it was like, uh, I think the second episode of this season. So we had her on, and uh, she had contacted me and said, hey, you know, I'd be interested in doing this. And um, I, I, of course, jumped at the opportunity because this is something that's different, um, that you... You know, it's still, we're still kind of supporting local, um, but it's different in the aspect that like, there's a lot of people out there probably interested in some sort of therapy or something like that, and that don't have the information that they really want or need, or maybe they have a lot of questions about. Uh, so I figured this is a good way to kind of get the word out there a little bit that said, hey, you know what? If you're in need of some type of social work therapy, something like that, Here's some information for you to um, take in and maybe maybe give it a shot. So, um, so had Donna on. Um, it's kind of a cool conversation. We talk we talk about therapy and we talk about um, different forms of therapy and we also get off topic a little bit here and there. But you know that's what we do. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this particular episode or at least get something out of it. Um, you know in in every season, maybe there might be something I try to do to try to benefit or get some good information out there um, or just something that's a little bit different, you know? So um, hope you guys are enjoying the season. We're pretty close to wrapping up the current season. Um, so uh, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, we have, I believe it's one episode left after this for the, for the end of the season. So I am doing what I do. I, I'm gearing up to get ready to start putting together season five. So left at the light pod at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me and to say, hey, I want to hear from this company, this restaurant, this service, this whatever. Um, as you guys can see, we kind of get a variety of people on the podcast to try to not be so, you know, one dimensional. Um, I, I think a lot of people focus on restaurants. Um, because it's easier. There's a lot more local owners to uh, restaurants, but there's so much out there. And, um, you know, as I, as I'm just kind of traversing around the County, um, I'm finding new and different things that I hadn't even thought about when I started, uh, started doing this. So, um, you know, I think in the first, first or second season, we had an author, uh, we had two different authors so far. Um, you know, the American Ninja Warrior, we had uh, Joe Diamond, uh, we have Donna on this one, we've had Sucker Punch um, and Karen Shook, so we've gone different places. So that's something I really enjoy uh, doing is kind of jumping around a little bit and uh, kind of getting um, something different for you guys to listen to. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, there's not much I'm going to say no to. You know, I'm looking to support local um, and help them get their, their own word out. Um, one thing I would really like to do maybe this upcoming season is a new business. Someone just starting out, 
So if you guys know one, uh, have one in mind, have a favorite or a friend or something like that, uh, let me know. Cause I, I want to find like a new business that we can start from the ground and kind of jump it right in. So that would be awesome. Um, so, uh, last episode, I'm kind of looking at my list here. We had theater one, one twenty one. Uh, that was a cool episode. Um, and they have a show coming up, uh, starts September 30th. Cinderella runs for, uh, two weeks, two weekends. Um, so go get your tickets, guys, go to uh, theater one dot org and pick up some tickets to take the family, take friends and, uh, go have a good time. Um, and just in case I forget at the end of this episode, I'm going to let you know, uh, Donna Brooks is at Donna Brooks therapist.com. Uh, you can find out a bunch of information about her that we probably didn't even cover. Um, so go check that out if you are interested. And, um, I, I, like she says in the episode, you know, that maybe she's not the right therapist for you. Maybe there's somebody else, but, um, you know, the taking the first step I think is huge, um, in this area here. So, um, enjoy this episode guys. Um, and if you do have any questions, reach out to me, I can put you in contact with her or check out her website and, um, yeah, let's just go from there. So enjoy. Okay. So I'm in Carrie. I'm here with Donna Brooks. Um, so Donna, um, we want to find out a little bit about you before we get into everything else. Um, but first off, um, tell us what you do and what the letters behind your name mean. Oh, right. Cause <laughs> all those letters are so important. Um, I'm a, so the LCSW, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and any letters beyond that are just uh, that it's an established business that I, um, have here. So, um, so I'm a licensed social worker. I, um, do mental health counseling here in Cary and, even though I'm, you know, in a later, the later arc of life, I really only came to um, back into this field of social work and counseling in about like the last six years. So, I what I what I brought with at this point in life is a lot of lived experience and um, in maturity from you know the many years of of teaching that I did and working with parents as well as getting married and having my own kids mm -hmm. and seeing what that's like to to raise children and navigate a marriage um, over now I guess we're coming up we've been married about 24 years so yeah. that's a good thing yeah congratulations <laughs> to that sure um, so let, tell me what brought you to this field of work what where, where did it start out mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth, like where you went to school, all that good stuff. Yeah, right. Well, um, so really most all my adult life, I was, I was a teacher. So for over, you know, about 30 years, I taught in the public schools for um, 14 years. And then when I had my daughter, I decided at that time um, to get involved in a, a school, a, a, a very small independent school movement, the Waldorf School. And... Um, and it was just, yeah, I was on a leave of absence from the public school and this particular Waldorf school, which is in Wakanda. Um, at the time, it was only a preschool, very small. And they were like, you know, you're a Waldorf teacher. You just don't know it. Come here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, 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 it sort of changed the whole trajectory of my life. I got involved teaching there. And, 
and in the end I decided that that was the teaching I wanted to do and I didn't go back to the public schools and then okay. subsequently had my son and um, and stayed with teaching then for 30 years total um, and it really just came to a point now in in the midst of all of this while I was still back at the public schools I got my master's degree in social work um, from Loyola University and I think um, you know at the time here's the truth of it I was um, you know, I came from a family with um, a father who was an alcoholic. And he's a good man, a very good soul. And when he, when he courageously took up eliminating alcohol from his life, mm -hmm. I really took it upon myself of, you know, this is a family, this is a systemic thing. We, we all have to do our work. We're all a part of the system. And, um, and so I started seeing a therapist and had a really lovely, wonderful, you know, for your first therapy and therapist experience. She was just a beautiful woman and really inspired me at that time. So I got, I went back to school and got my master's degree in social work. But when I graduated, so I was like in my very early thirties, I really felt like my heart was in teaching and I had this sense of, I, I know that I'm a very good teacher and I don't know that I'm such a good therapist. <laughs> I was younger and it's so, at the time it felt so gray to me, like how mm -hmm. do you know? So um, at that time I stayed teaching and, um, and then really after so many years of being a teacher, which especially in the work I was doing, it was a, a not-for-profit independent school movement it was a labor of love it was and it was a lot of work and i think i poured a lot of heart and soul into it and um i it was after the death of my mother that i i think i just kind of went you know you you have that that moment where it's like now you know i'm grown my children are getting older my you know my father had passed away you know over 25 years ago and when my mother passed away i just went what do i you know what's calling me? Like, what do I really want to do now with this, the rest of this precious life that I have? And, um, and it really just hit me one day, like, I think I'm done teaching. What about that degree that I got? And, I, and I'll say that it was very serendipitous because I was teaching, but I was also volunteering playing music with Journey Care, which is hospice. Mm -hmm. And when I would go into the rooms, I would just, you know, I was at the Journey Care in Barrington, and I would visit different rooms and sit with people and talk and play music and sing songs. And, you know, it was extremely, um, extremely moving and very rewarding. And um, and between kind of shepherding my mother through the, um, the that last year of her life when she was in a nursing home and this experience with journey care and doing hospice volunteering, I, I really came to a place where it was like, there's a part of me that is really, that's very calm and, and very much has a, a healing quality, like a very present and healing quality. And I think that with teaching, um, there were wonderful aspects of that. And it was a, it, and there were gifts that I felt like I was able to bring to that. But I came to a place in life where I, where I was like, this is, um, this is where my soul needs to be. Like I, this is the work I need to to do. I think, and here I had this a degree from a long time ago, and um, 
I, so I did let it sit for a while. I'm not somebody that's very impulsive with decisions. It, but, you know, I really contemplated it and wondered, what about that degree? And wh what would it involve for me to go back into this other field of work to do counseling mm -hmm. and to, um, to have that kind of presence with people and to have really that kind of presence with myself, too. You know? yeah. And um, so... You know, through all of that, there was just, the, there was a day that came where I just, I just, when I think I'm done teaching, and I think I'm going to pursue and really find out what, what the steps I would need to do to kind of get back on, you know, get back in this field. And I, and I'm, I am kind of tenacious when it comes to like working towards goals or like, this is what I'm going to do. And once I made up my mind, mm. it, you know, and I am somebody, I'll contemplate something. And then when I make up my mind, that's kind of it. Like, yeah. boom, that's it. And I did that when I married my husband. It was like, you know, I think this is the, I think this is the person. I think this is who I need to be with. And once that really, you know, the, it, it, I, I just really took, you know, things like that really take hold of my spirit. And it's like, this is what I need to do. And, and I have good staying power. That's one thing as I, I feel like the last couple of years of my life have been lots of changes. Mm -hmm. But I was somebody that, you know, I was at the same school in Palatine for, you know, 12 years. And then I was at the Waldorf School for like 18 and a half years. Like mm -hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not somebody who flutters around, but when I'm ready to, when I'm ready to fly, I fly. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned, I, I want to touch on two things really. Um, you were teaching, so it was 38 years in? No, or? a little over 30 years. Yeah. A little over 30 years, yeah. okay. Um, and at two different schools. Uh, so the teaching came after your uh, social work degree? When I was in the public schools, um, that's when I worked on that degree. Okay, yeah. uh, so while you were teaching? So I was then. teaching and okay. you know, living, living on my own and um, yeah, went through that whole process of internships and yeah. Okay, so what made you um, the, get that degree? What what was the initial thought behind that while you were teaching? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I think part of it was I just like I said I had this very positive experience with a therapist that I was seeing at that time in life, and um, yeah, I just it, it, the field it, it always interested me, and um, so I would say that's it was this coming together of meeting somebody who also i think you know saw a quality in me that I, I mean i would say that the therapist i saw um saw something in me and, and was in, encouraging in that way mm -hmm. just like when i was i was in high school when a teacher in a class that i had really saw what she saw as a gift that i had working with children and she was like you know have you ever thought about being a teacher and you know it's sort of like people who help plant a seed thought and you contemplate it and then go, yeah, maybe this is the thing. So. Yeah, so they, they saw something in you and then you're like, in retrospect, mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, and, yeah. And I yeah. did have an interest for sure, but it's also when you get that, you know, that extra kind of like that nudge of, you know, you should think, you should think about this or, you know, you're well suited for this work. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But, so, I'm, but I'm grateful, you know, and I'll say this, I'll be honest, like there were many years that I was teaching then and going, I have this master's degree and I'm not doing anything with it. You know, kind of like I spent yeah. all that money and, and certainly in a not-for-profit, it didn't matter. It was, you know, in the public school, a master's degree is a master's degree. It mm -hmm. wouldn't have mattered what I got the master's degree in and it, and it, 
um, as a single woman who wanted to buy a house and stuff, it, it was something that helped you know, me earn more money in that field. In the independent school movement, it didn't make any difference. And there were just many times where I thought, wow, like, mm, I don't know, not wasn't quite the best you know, decision-making. <laughs> and what I really take from that now is just that idea of like, follow your follow where you're kind of where your soul is leading you just follow your spirit and what interests mm -hmm. you and what you love i mean it's what i say to my own two kids who are college age it's like so you may you you may not be suited for that career you think you want but you don't know where it's going to lead you from there you don't know what's going to unfold and and what i saw was that this degree absolutely there was there's nothing wasted in learning and um that journey of exploring what interests you, because in the end, it really did kind of come full circle. And I what I really see is that as a therapist in this practice, that all those life experiences, being a teacher, being an early childhood teacher, um, really, you know, pretty deeply um, studying the early years of education and what children really need, and working with parents and seeing just the different ways parents show up with their kids because it's it's hard work and I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are really anxious about it. And my background with music, it's like all those things just kind of wove together and um, in some ways they, they just indirectly support this work. Yeah. You know. Um, so when so you, you had kind of mentioned yourself a little bit that uh, while you were teaching you had the degree and it's like, oh, what am I doing with this degree and I'm mm -hmm. teaching. Um, when did that idea that like, I'm gonna start using my degree, when did that start really becoming more of like a reality? Yeah, well, like I said, my, when my, um, it was the, for sure the, my involvement with hospice. Um, there really, I mean, there were a few things like, you know, I, my mother died and, and not long after her death, my daughter and I went, um, did a little road trip to Nashville. And it was really my own little, like a morning, my morning trip, road trip. And, um, and we stayed in an Airbnb and the woman had a master's degree from Loyola University on her wall. Okay. <laughs> and it turned out she worked in hospice, but she was more like an administrative type of role. So I would have to say that was the first seed thought of like, oh yeah, I've got one of those. <laughs> you know what? And then, um, and you know, later I went through the whole onboarding process with hospice and that certainly started to influence what feels right. And then I was doing, at, at that time also, I was doing um, volunteer work with my church um, and uh, doing what's called home lay Eucharistic ministry. And this, I go to an Episcopal church in Barrington. And, um, and in that work, you know, you're visiting people in their homes and bringing them communion. They're homebound or in a nursing home. And again, it's extremely rewarding and you know very spiritual and very connected work to do or a way to serve. And and there was a woman at my church. I was also doing work with the youth group um, there during one particular year. And there was a deacon at the church who who kind of approached me with just kind of saying like you you have like a heart of a deacon. <laughs> and and I have to say like. I, you know, I do a lot in my therapy work here with clients with parts, you know, the parts of us that show up. And there was a part of me that was starting to feel like I was not the best version of who 
I could be or who I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And to hear somebody say, you have the heart of a deacon. Have you ever thought about, you know, kind of going more deeply into this work? I actually, I want to say that if I'm being honest, I had this almost this resistance of, oh, no, you don't know me. Mm -hmm. You don't know. There was a part of me that was like, no, I'm pretty hardened. No, I don't think so. And um, but again, it was a, um, a another contemplation of like, you know, there is a part of you that is very loving and very present. And and there's also a part of me that gets the job done. You know, I'm a fighter. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I if you if you all the women in my family would say, if you need something done, ask an Anderson sister. Mm -hmm. It'll get done. So, like, I'm very formidable. And also, it was, like, really getting in touch with, yeah, there's other ways to be really present and show up with people. And I really started to see, um, you know, a, a way that I could be with people that was gentle and comforting and loving and, and compassionate. And if there's one thing that I... I always tell friends and family about this work that I do. I said, there's a lot of love force that I bring to this work. It's, these, are not, these are not client in, client out. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, a, I feel um, not more invested than them. I think everybody has to be really invested in their own um, healing journey. But you know, I'm definitely a, a partner and a collaborator, and there's a lot of heart force, a lot of love in this work. So, um, so I definitely want to get into some of that work a little bit in a little bit. Um, but the, I think I think one of the big questions, especially uh, that I like to ask people, especially when they're kind of like uh, almost like a, a midlife career change, is mm -hmm. that like so you were teaching, and then now I'm going to go into social work and counseling. And so, how big of a transition is that for you? How hard was that transition? Mm -hmm. It was a. I mean, it was a lot of. A lot of uh, just you know game on. I, there was a lot of studying and um, working with um, mentors and supervisors to make that transition, and you know taking licensing exams and and I would have to say again I was grateful for the the early um, opportunities I had to get it back into the field. Like you know to, people gave me a chance. Like mm -hmm. you know I. I've been away from this and but I think again what you see in somebody who's living life and you know involved in education parent education and um, even the ministries you know that's that's pastoral care that's all about like kind of being a servant and, and having that kind of a servant heart that you um, I think there's a lot of life lessons that you get when you're really involved working with people at all different ages so when you think about it there was a particular time there then when i was and most of it was volunteer work but i was teaching in early childhood which did involve parent education and um you know different studies that i would do with parents i was volunteering with people of all ages who were dying who were actively dying and their families mm -hmm. and visiting you know elderly people from my church community and and you really you just you see that whole spectrum this beautiful arc of life and um yeah so there was a lot of you know specifically get getting my head back in that headspace of um therapy there are components of teaching for sure 
and I do think of it as a a labor of love or there's a, a kind of a, ser a servant you're, there's a way that you're really being present with people but it's different it is a different relationship than any of that other work there, mm -hmm. there's a bit more of like a, a way you have to show up and um and kind of help provide tools for people for their own their own growth and healing so yeah so a lot of I, I would just say that there was a big chunks of time there where I was doing a lot of reading studying talking to people that I consider my mentors one of whom is my oldest sister who's a mm -hmm. therapist in Michigan she's you know we just recently finished a book study we did together okay um, you know, just a, again, incredibly wise woman who has so much to offer her clients and she had so much that she was able to offer to me. And again, a, an encouraging voice, um, just having that sense if you've got it in you, yeah. there's, they're going to learn as you, you know, there's a lot to learn, but like, do you kind of have it in you to, to do this work? So and, it's, yeah. it kind of sounds like that, like when you decided to take that leap that you really had a lot of support behind you and a lot of, um, I, I would say like key influencers and people who were really there to help you with that then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there were many nights where I would just be like giving thanks, you know, so grateful for people, again, people taking a chance, like the mm -hmm. first therapy practice that hired me and, you know entrusted me to do the work I was doing. It's like, you just go, yay, thank you. Because it, you you do have to be in it. And then, um, you know, it it definitely took hold of my heart for sure. It was, you know, I, and I haven't, I sometimes think, am I ever gonna s stop wanting to learn more and go deeper in the work that I do? And I would say, I hope not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't do that as a teacher. As a teacher, you're always learning and considering new approaches and switching things up and bringing some fresh perspective. And I feel like that's the same that we need to do here. In fact, what it says about life is life is always, it's always unfolding. It's always in flux. And, you know, we, we need to kind of meet the new challenges and mm -hmm. be adaptable and, and also to keep ourselves interested. Don't get stale. Don't be like this rock that's just, you know, yeah, you, observing you, life. Be in it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you might say in, in a way always improving or always learning mm -hmm. is, is important to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I want to touch a little bit on the hospice care because you brought it up um, and, and singing as well. How long did you uh, do that? There were probably about at least two years. Um, I did at least like about two to three years that I did the hospice volunteering. And then when COVID hit, that like shifted mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. like, and then, and then for a year, for sure, like real solid, like every Thursday, I would go to hospice. And, you know, anywhere from, you know, one to three, four hours just playing music, visiting with people. And yeah. I do have an interesting story related because it's the beauty of, of life and music. Um, when I, one of the rooms that I visited in hospice included a family that was very enthusiastic about music. And I, I, don't, I didn't usually stay in a room for over an hour. Like that mm -hmm. was very unusual. Well, we were playing songs. They were singing with me. It was this whole... Um, beautiful gathering of people and it was their aunt who was dying and um, you know and it really was just so special and so 
such a wonderful time. Now, several years, several years later, um, I had a student um, who, who died unexpectedly, uh, you know, at a very young age. And when I went to the service for this, for this young man, um, there was a musician there who did a few songs at the memorial. And at the little gathering afterwards, I just went up and I thanked him for the music and, um, you know, just because that's so, so, so special, right? Mm -hmm. I, I always have, I have the tagline, with the right song, you either remember everything or you forget everything. Mm. And, um, and then he said, you look so familiar. And it was in that moment he went, you were in my aunt's room for hospice. Oh, wow. And we both were just like hugged. And, it, you know, I get goosebumps telling it now because mm. to me it's like that's, that's life just unfolding beautifully that we've mm. come full circle and that it was music and a connection like that that you know and i still have i still now go out and hear him sing and i collaborated with his wife on some yoga activities we do and um it's really pretty it's a pretty beautiful thing that's yeah. that's pretty neat because not, not only did they remember you but it is you know it almost gives yourself a a sense of like it meant something to them you know yeah like there there was a point you know i've played music since um probably like around the age since i was 17 i've played guitar and sung in my mid-20s um was when i really started playing like playing music out i was in a band with my brother and and then in my 30s i was in like a an acoustic uh trio and um did a lot of really wonderful songs and really really unique sound and then um you know, I made the decision to do some solo work. Mm -hmm. And, but really when I would sit in hospice, I was like, this is the music. This is the music I want to do. Like there were just moments where, you know, it's one thing you, you have magical moments when you play music, right? There can just be where, where everything's just aligned. And it's like the song is just lit up and it's not just you. It's something more <laughs> spiritual. And, um, but absolutely like there's when you're playing music and you know that it's a, a balm for someone's soul that's that's music very different than playing in a bar and you know i would never be one to play sweet caroline because <laughs> like because why <laughs> you know but it, it when you can play songs and you look out and see somebody who's just smiling with a remembrance of something or with tears in their eyes you're like yeah that's that's the music i want to play so yeah so i mean so yeah. you're looking you're looking for people for the enjoyment not necessarily for the you know listening to you while they're drinking well yeah i mean it's <laughs> i mean all, i guess you have both but it's all good but i'm just saying that that when you play music um where you know that it's like a, a soul balm for somebody mm -hmm. there's nothing that compares musically to that you yeah. know you just you realize that this is this is more than just me playing a song. This is about connection, and this is about really upholding somebody, you know, spiritually, and mm -hmm. and um, doing something that's maybe it, you know it's bigger than just anything I can do on the guitar. It's there's more to it. So. Yeah. Now that said, I love I love that creativity of playing music. I love the challenge because it, again, it's that experience of be in life, take up what you love, do mm -hmm. the things that you love. Um, I think that my greatest fear would have been to to uh, you know go to work and come home and you know just sort of like this pedantic 
life that just sort of plops along and you know you want creativity in it yeah inspiration fall in McHenry County is there anything better from apple orchards to craft shows autumn drive to Oktoberfest the weekender has you covered sign up for free at McHenryCountyLiving.com slash weekender see you out there so, so let's talk about what you're doing now a little bit. Um, now, uh, I, I imagine there's a lot of different ways people approach therapy and counseling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your approach to it. Sure. I, um, I sort of have, a, and you'll hear many therapists say this, a more holistic approach. I, I'm, there are some trainings that I have. I'm trained in Gottman couples therapy. So I do work with couples. I. I don't exclusively work with couples. I, I, I really do love to have a very, um, a very diverse client load at any given time. So some couples, individual work. I, I, the only thing is I don't work with children because I have such respect for the space that children need. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have respect for the space that I think that adults need to just feel calm and to have a place where they can get centered and or for couples to work together. And, and, I, and I do feel like they're kind of different spaces. So um, yeah, that, that'll be another day, another time to ever do um, work with children and families. But um, so I do Gottman couples work. I, um, I also am trained in eye movement desensitization reprocessing, which is EMDR, which is work that you do for um, it's a way of processing trauma. It's also a way of um, kind of working through maybe not negative self-beliefs or negative beliefs that aren't really serving you and really kind of having a shift to something that's more adaptive and positive in your belief system. So, I mean, I suppose an example would be like, I, I um, feel unworthy. You know, I'm not, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy to, to coming to a place of I'm, I'm good enough. You know, I'm okay just as I am. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a um, a therapeutic approach. I also do a lot with your autonomic nervous system, like really educating people and having them really turn inward to notice, like what's going on inside of me. Am I getting? You know, we use that word triggered. You know, is is there a sort of a trigger that's um, causing me to have more agitation or anxiety or Am I kind of checking out and just really, you know, because that's a very human and normal process that we're built for connection and we're built to to want to be safe. Mm -hmm. So when we're not feeling connected and we're not feeling safe, um, we're going to have an autonomic nervous system like a, a, a response to that. So I do work with incorporating mindfulness with that and, um, as well as my work is pretty influenced by what's called acceptance commitment therapy as well. Like just holding, you know, what do you value and really holding um, in spite of anxiety, right? Cause some people won't do something because they feel anxious and it's mm-hmm. like, can you accept, can you acknowledge the anxiety and, you know, kind of like an old friend, like I see you, you're here and I'm going to do, what I want to do or need to do anyway. There's a great song. So I am always, you know, there's always a song for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Isbell has a song called um, Do It Anyway. 
and it's and I I would assume that Jason Isbell, who's um, he's one of my, he's just a great songwriter out of Nashville. Th that idea, I think he he probably has in the past or even currently struggles with anxiety, and it's sort of like the line that the chorus is: "Be afraid, be very afraid, but do it anyway." Mm -hmm. And I think, yep, keep going, do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I would though those are the. Um, the modalities. My work's pretty influenced too, with by mindfulness, um, and again, that sort of your own your own experiences. It was through uh, yoga work that I did, and and um, and mindfulness activities and practices that I started really getting in tune with my own dysregulation. You know that I was like walking around with a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. and it came out in different, very different ways. Sometimes anxious, sometimes anger, sometimes being controlling or you know and really just kind of getting getting more in touch with that and um and being honest about like how i show up and what i'm needing so i can show up better mm -hmm. as a human being and as a mother i i i feel like and i hear this from my kids and my husband you know, like it's not that nobody's perfect it's not like i've achieved i'm not like floating <laughs> i'm not levitating here but they would say like there's a different way that i show up now than maybe 10 years ago you know i yeah. just more just feeling a bit more reasonable a bit more regulated a bit more like go with the flow curious you mm -hmm. know just really coming from more that center of my being of who i really want to be and and what what matters to me you know so mm -hmm. yeah that's all <laughs> cool stuff <laughs> um I, I, I personally, I think like therapy is is good for a lot of people, and I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, I I wouldn't say that there's anybody that's like 100 percent like mentally healthy, um, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so anybody that's kind of like maybe on the borderline or uh, maybe intimidated by seeing a therapist, what would you say to them as far as um, how to approach it or how, maybe how to feel yeah. comfortable with it? Yeah, what I would for sure say. I mean, just think of it when you go to a therapist. It's like, I don't know, it's like going on a hinge to go on a date, right? <laughs> it's like you're going, oh, okay, I, see, they look nice, and okay, the, what do the credentials say? But in the end, it's like you're going to go and sit in a room with somebody, and that, you know, and it's a, I think there's a lot of really wonderful people out there that will be very welcoming and are going to be able to meet you and help you. But you also have to go with how does it feel to you? Are you feeling comfortable mm -hmm. with this person? And do you, you know, because if you, like I said, we all want connection and to feel safe. So, I, and I hope that, you know, and I, and I do trust that I just had a client who came back from college and when she came in my office, she actually started to cry. And she said, it just, it feels so good to be in here. Because what she felt was, I'm safe here mm -hmm. and I'm cared for and like I'm there's a connection and so when you go to a therapist I suppose it's like yeah right finding a, a partner or picking a church yeah. go but don't give up just because you have this one you know one experience that didn't feel so comfortable or right. you know um, I think it's worth yeah you know talking to people that you know that that see somebody and um really yeah i would just say that it's i think it's one of those 
where you have to go and and give it a try because that is the hardest part. And mm-hmm. I say that every time I meet with somebody, I'm like, you did the most courageous thing so far. You came here and you showed up. Right. And when you leave, it's okay if if you didn't feel like um, that. If you didn't feel like you got a good vibe from me, you know, or mm-hmm. if, if you feel like there wasn't a connection that felt comfortable, that's okay. Just cancel the appointment, or do you know, or let me know. Like I'm gonna pick a different path. Like you, you don't give up on it. Just you know, from one experience. So it's. Um, yeah, the first like yeah. like I think what you're getting at is the first therapist you go to might not be the therapist that is for you. There mm-hmm. could there could be somebody else that is a better fit for you. Yeah, yeah, and even with you know there are group practices. So like even within a group practice, there could be another therapist. Um, that might be better suited to you and so it's you know i that's a that's a tricky one but i would say it's like you have to kind of trust trust your gut too like trust what mm-hmm. trust the feels you're getting and um and definitely to not to not give up and you know just go oh i went to somebody once and they were weird or they i felt or they were you know again i in my own work with people, when I think about the need for connection and feeling safe um, and challenge, you know, we do have to provide challenges for clients, you know, but ultimately there ha- we have to have a connection and a sense of compassion because what do we want? We want our, you know, you want your own children to love themselves. You want them to be able to go, you know, this is me. I'm not going to beat up on myself. Like this is, you know, just to have a little bit more self-compassion. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you, if you have some feelings that are, that kind of don't speak to connection and don't, don't speak to feeling safe, then that's probably a good, a good chance, a, a good opportunity to go. I think I need to check out someone else. Yeah. Um, now, so. if someone comes to see you, what, what might they expect? Someone who like maybe doesn't have it hasn't been to therapy before mm-hmm. um because i i will say like i i am here in your office and there is not like a couch where we're gonna lay down on so it's not like right, that, no that, that old like i don't know like newspaper cartoon mm-hmm. of therapy but exactly <laughs> uh what what might someone expect when they come see you well first off that would be you know one thing is i do give them a quick tour of the space because there's my office and then there's another office space that i um have other practitioners using and it's really to complement the work in here so like people see the whole space i call it the crystal street space is the other room and there's a a therapeutic massage um a practitioner in there and uh, a reiki master who does you know energy healing and she's just a wonderful young woman and an individual trauma-informed yoga therapist who's in that room. So she does like one-on-one yoga work and a lot of work with what I call, you know, polyvagal theory, this idea of the autonomic nervous system and how, how we can shift our energy, bringing energy up or calming things down. So, um, so there would, you know, they would get a tour, but I always say like, sit wherever you'd like, wherever you feel comfortable. Um, I'll sometimes even ask a client, like, what would, you know, do you feel safe and comfortable right now? Like, you know, mm-hmm. would you like a glass of water or anything you need? Um, and so like the, I, the first session for sure, there's, it's really a building rapport, getting to know the person who's sitting there with you. And also for them to ask me questions and get to know me because, you know, 
the goal of the first session is hopefully to have a second one. Mm -hmm. You know, that somebody would go, I think I want to keep, I'm going to give this a try. And let me tell you, that's challenging with couples because often there's one partner and okay, typically more often than not, it's the, the, uh, the male, if it's a um, husband, wife couple who um, is resistant to coming, they, they're, they feel scared. Like you can tell they're anxious, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's a vulnerable thing. So yeah, what, what I think that people should expect is like some sense of feeling, um, you know, you're going to feel some feels like that cause it's vulnerable, but also that you'd have a sense of, I feel, I feel a bit vulnerable, but I also feel like I can be safe here. Like that I can be safe in this vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So I really do try to be, very good-natured um i don't i'm not somebody that comes off real heavy with like boundaries mm, even though they look at there's a sign right on my wall it says my boundaries <laughs> i don't come on real hard with like you know you will give me 24 hours notice or you will be charged a late fee and this is the, these mm -hmm. are the rules because you know what people are coming again they're vulnerable often that you know most people are coming to therapy have some level of um, you know, part of them, it just shows up more anxious, that gets anxious. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's, you know, I just tend to have a bit more of an approach that's like, I'm on this human journey with you. And I'm not going to, you know, strong arm you or guilt you into who you need to be as a client. I do have boundaries, I have expectations, but I'm also like, life happens. So it's like, I'm, pretty open-hearted and you know kind of go with go with the flow because again psychological flexibility is another thing that we need in this world we need people that can go oh okay yeah oh this is possible you know we have options there are choices mm -hmm. so i think at the, those first couple of sessions i do want to really create a rapport that says you know i'm somebody that's psychologically flexible Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean you can walk all over me. It doesn't mean you can blow off appointments or, you know, not call. And when, you know, if you need to cancel, but also, yeah, we're going to be, this is, I'm, I try to have a relationship that really says like, we're on this human path and I understand that it's stuff comes up and it's, yeah. and yeah, and be comfortable and let's be honest and yeah, let's go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one one of the things you brought up a little bit is like uh, some some people might come up and they're a little resistant um, to to the process. Um, and one one picture I just had in my head was the movie Goodwill Hunting. I don't know, know if mm -hmm. you've seen that, um, yes. where you got Will and then uh, I forget Robin Williams' character name sure. in that one. Um, but I, I you know, and I don't know for sure, but I imagine a lot of people probably have that thought of that's kind of how therapy is a little bit where. One person's really going to be closed off and the therapists themselves have to really break down those walls. Do you find that that's the case quite often or do you think most people kind of come in more open-minded? And really how, how, yeah. how would someone walking in really expect one way or the other of how the process is going to go? Well, sometimes I'll just you know, ask a client how they're, how they're feeling, how you're feeling to be here. What's, it, what's this like for mm -hmm. you? What are you noticing? What are you noticing in your body right now? So it's like just to, to acknowledge um, how we're showing up because it, it's understandable that anybody walking into a, a 
a therapy office is going to be a little bit guarded or, you know, a little anxious. Again, I see that very often with couples um, because it's, you know, one person is trying to be a good spouse and do this, you know, and participate, but they're also like, oh, this is, this is not comfortable for me, mm. <laughs> you know. But think about it, when you even go to the dentist, like, have you ever walked <laughs> into the dentist's office and, and felt completely relaxed and at peace in your body? Oh, I mean, you're like scary. a little bit like, yeah, you're <laughs> bracing, you know. Yeah. So it's, that's again, it's all the more reason to say like, this is um, a therapeutic relationship. So there is a relationship there. And there's, um, there's a, a presence and a work that I'm gonna bring to to the, that relationship and and also there's a way that the client needs to show up for themselves mm-hmm. you know and and to ex- that that that's a part of I think what um, I try to be really careful with my schedule in this work like not overbooking I it's something that I really feel is um, I think it's an ethical question in the field of like how many clients do you see in a day yeah how many do you see in a week and why <laughs> and um, because again I want to I want to be present here in my work mm-hmm. but I also want to go home and be present for my husband and for my kids and for my dog and my cat yeah. you know I, I want to be present for myself so there's um, there's a lot of you know just really I try to be mindful of you know how how busy a schedule I have how many clients I'm seeing what kind of clients I'm seeing that's why I wouldn't I don't overload my uh, client load with couples because I do feel like it's it's um, it can be more challenging work mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people don't do it <laughs> but um, I think it can also be super super um, amazing and and a great it's a, it can be great to really help two people to to reconnect or to connect but um you have to yeah you have to kind of keep your keep yourself in a good headspace yeah that's, that's probably out. really important because you are uh, you know there there could be a point in where you're taking on maybe some of their emotions or anxiety or whatever whatever the case is and you don't really want to yeah you probably sure take on too much of that right 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 you do you want to like have that that's again another reason why it's like it's the client. Just remind it's a client's work, you mm-hmm. know. It's not my work. I I have my own work of, of how I show up with clients, but ultimately the the choices and the action. That's you know that's that's their work, and um, and I would say I, I used to say the same thing as a teacher is I, I'm never going to go home with a headache, you know. <laughs> I'm just I'm never going to have a classroom that would. That could be so out of control, or you know, behavior issues, whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home feeling as good as I can every day. And I was more that kind of teacher. I didn't go home like, oh, I'm burned out. I can't take it, you know. And mm-hmm. there, it is hard work. That is for sure. And I feel the same about with counseling. I, I notice in my own body and in my own being when I've when I've extended myself too much. Mm-hmm. And that's always that good reminder of you know don't do it there's a you know you have to say no you have to say like i don't see clients after this time of night i don't see clients on the weekend you know it's mm-hmm. um it's really important that that we take care of ourselves so like almost every day i i take a walk with my dog to get the day started because i feel like i want to show up 
refreshed and having mm -hmm. a little bit of time outside in fresh air under the sunshine and then come in and, and be present in this work. So. Um, now, I, I, it occurred to me that like we're recording podcasts here and if, if people listen to podcasts, um, they'll hear a lot of ads for like better help and talk space and like, you know, um, different, uh, different types of therapy like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, do you think that there's a place for, for in the world for those? Or do you think that they're, they are helpful? What is your take on yeah. some of that? I think if it's accessible to somebody and, you know, an individual feels like they're benefiting, then, you know, why, why not? Like that's, you know, I feel the same about this whole space. I provide, you know, mental health counseling, um, in the other room, there's some, there's more body work and like working with the way we hold emotions or hold trauma in our bodies, energy work is, um, now I think they're very complementary. Um, I do tend to, to believe that, you know, if there's a way that something, you know, energy work or like other modalities reaches you and helps you to get honest with what's going on with yourself or helps in your healing process, then you know, that's, that's not for me to judge. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would say like, I'm not a fan personally of doing telehealth for myself. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm just not a fan of Zoom calls and telehealth really. Mm -hmm. um, but there, it, 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 it's great to be able to offer that to clients. And COVID was certainly a time where like everybody had to, you know, have offer well, that. Yeah, find, offer that find the way. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, and now what I love about it is most of my clients I see in person, but absolutely I have clients that I'll see via telehealth or on occasion see via telehealth. And, mm -hmm. and, and the same with apps. I feel like, you know, there's some really wonderful apps for mindfulness that help, you know, that are, that are digestible. You know, you, you don't have to, like I, I'm a pretty firm believer in um, a mindfulness practice of, in some way that you take time to sit and breathe and check in with yourself and go inside and you know check in with your body and acknowledge what your you know where your thoughts are where your feelings are acknowledging what's going on in your body and I feel like there's mindfulness like there's an actual app called the mindfulness app that um, is part of a training that I did on incorporating mindfulness into the therapy session and that's it's a lot of great voices in the field of mindfulness and self-compassion and you can do a three-minute meditation a three-minute mindfulness and three minutes of just breathing and being still mm -hmm. with yourself and notice you're just being is that's exercise that's something that is going to be beneficial so it doesn't have to be like i have to commit to 40 minutes a day um that is part of the work that I do here. We have special events on, on kind of on that theme of mindfulness and getting in touch with kind of the energy in our body and having different experiences of rhythm or co-regulating or calming ourselves. So we do, we've had special like yoga gatherings here and meditation gatherings and, you know, everything on that field of like self-care and, um, you know, and finding time to be present with ourselves is, mm -hmm. is a, it's a big part of, I would, I suppose you would say the mission, a mission that I have here. It's really just wanting to offer experiences and opportunities. Yeah. So, um, it, 
couple things I just want to like before we go. Um, yeah. for, first off, um, if people want to get in touch with you and um, uh, come in for a therapy session, um, how do they contact you? And then kind of some just parting words for anybody that is um, maybe interested in finding a therapist or yeah. um, getting into the, some of that work. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, it's it's always good to have a like word of mouth from somebody or recommendations um, for therapists. But otherwise, Psychology Today is you know it's you can go on Psychology Today and put in a location, your insurance, you know what you're looking for, like what you're needing support with, whether it's um, you know relationship issues or anxiety. Um, that's a great way to kind of narrow down the field of like what are some possibilities mm -hmm. um as far as being getting in touch with me i have i have a website so it's donna brookstherapist.com and there's a contact page to reach out um yeah so. all right so uh donna's here in carry uh 214 crystal street yeah um so yeah, you can find her and obviously there'll be some stuff in the show notes uh, to find her. So Donna, I appreciate your time. I really, uh, this fun conversation and kind of neat to get into something a little bit different for our show. You bet. Thank you so much for <laughs> All right. having me. All right, there you guys go. Uh, there's my conversation with Donna. Um, if you are interested in speaking with Donna, go to DonnaBrooksTherapist.com, uh, contact her. Um, and if she's not like, like we said, if she's not the right person for you, she could put you in touch with someone else. So, um, really appreciate you guys. Uh, let one more episode to go on the old pod. Uh, we got the clopin effect. That's going to be how we close out the show. Now, if you guys haven't done it, um, the clopin effect is a podcast. Uh, they are also local. Um, they're a pretty funny team. Um, Meredith and Cass, um, I sat down with them uh, a couple of weeks ago and we recorded their 80th episode um, in which we talk about some some general stuff, but um, they, they interview me. So there's a little blurb about me at the beginning. I don't remember how long it is, but um, if you want to learn some more about uh, this podcast and myself, uh, you can go to The Clopin Effect. Uh, they're available many, many places. Um, I know most people are probably Apple Podcasts. They're on there. That's how I listen to them. Um, they're funny and they're entertaining and I highly suggest you go check them out. Um, but uh, yeah, you can listen to that episode of The Clopin Effect before you listen to The Clopin Effect on my podcast. So we, we kind of did a, a, a thing, you know, we were, we were on each other's podcast. So um, so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I their podcast is a little bit different from mine only because... Um, I mean, as we kind of tell a story here, they have a little bit more fun. So uh, you'll probably laugh a lot more on that one. Um, so go and enjoy it. And uh, then come on back over here um, in two weeks to listen to the episode I have with them as we discuss their podcast and how and their relationship and how they met and all that good stuff. So um, like I said, everybody, uh, season five, um, getting ready to start recording episodes for that. Um, Hit me up. Let me know. Who do you got? Um, you know, I kind of I kind of say I think I say this most every episode, but um, I enjoy hearing from you guys getting ideas. Um, that's where the I think the best episodes come from, because, you know, a lot of times it's something I haven't thought of or a place I haven't thought of or just maybe I just haven't gotten to them. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I have a little list of my own going here and there, um, but I do like to rely on 
you guys because you're the listeners on what you want to hear. So um, left at the light pod at gmail.com. My name is Matt. Um, go to the Facebook page. Go give us a like over there and um, you'll get a, a, a number of different things. Number one, you'll you'll see when the episodes come out because um, I post them on there and you'll also get to see things that are going on with uh, like all the different people that we've had on the podcast. Um, so if something like Tony's cafe posts something kind of unique and fun, I'm going to, I'm going to reshare that. Um, or if, uh, I, I'm just spitballing here thinking of different people we've had on our podcast. Um, uh, Andrew Yori, if he's got something going on, that's pretty cool. Usually it's dog supported, um, type of thing, you know, that's gonna, I'm going to repost that, uh, the Rao center, um, you know, anything, the 40 some episodes we've had on here. And I, when I ever, I start to mention some of them, I'm like blanking. Um, but yeah, so go check them out guys, <laughs> go to the Facebook page, uh, give it a like. And, um, it's, it's also another way to communicate with me. Uh, so if, if it's easier for you to go to Facebook and go to the messenger on there at left at the light, um, go ahead and do that. Uh, I might not answer right away. Cause I, you know, if it's during the week, Monday through Friday, I do have a, a job, <laughs> a nine to five. Um, but yeah, that's another way to get a hold of me if that's easier for you. So, um, thanks so much for listening guys. Uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you keep tuning in, uh, every couple of weeks to listen to a new episode, um, and, uh, be on the lookout for the season finale. <clears throat> Excuse me. The season finale of left at the light. So that's. That is it for me, guys. Um, Until next time, be excellent to each other.